Peace is the biggest treasure a person could have. When you have peace, you can cope with anything life throws your way. Hello, hi, and welcome to the first episode of Coping Recordings. My name is Linda Mtunzi or Linda Honey. Um, thank you so much for tuning in, my little audience and my friends who are supporting this journey of mine. Um, it has not been easy. It is, it's been a journey of finding myself and actually being confident in what I want to say. So thank you so much for giving me the chance. So today's episode is Choosing to be Grand. Finding God, your peace, and living in your full consciousness. Um, so before I start, I'd like to explain the word grand. Um, in the English language, it's it means like magnificent, splendid, good. Um, it also kind of means the same thing in vernacular languages, but it's just the way we say it. Um, it's mostly a response to someone asking you, Unjani, or how are you? How are things? How are you? You know, um, and then you'd say, Gigrandi. Um, and then the whole term, choosing to be grand, um, it means a lot to me because it's something that I practice. Um, but when I break it down, it means accepting your truth, which is aligned with purpose and finding yourself. And then protecting your peace comes with knowing what's good and bad for you. And taking responsibilities, accounting for the choices you make in your life. So that is what choosing to be grand means to me. And I do it. I practice it every day. I choose to be grand every day. Like no matter what I go through, um, I just choose to be grand. I just I'm like, you know what? I'm choosing to be good. Whether these circumstances are trying to break me or they're trying to bring out the better version of myself. I just choose to be grand every day. So yeah and i'd like to apologize i'm going to say a lot of ums uh i had a problem with the reason why this episode took long to come out is because i really had a i had a problem with my editing software so i have to record on my phone now and i don't have a place to edit so i just have to do this as i have to do this in one take and it has to be good and I don't know how I'm going to do that. But I'm going to trust the process. Um, I don't want to delay any further. So yeah, without further ado. So let's um, talk about the three points that I broke down in the term choosing to be grand. So the first one is finding yourself and living in your truth. So finding yourself and living in your truth for me is aligned to your purpose. Because I don't think you can ever find your purpose if you don't know who you are. So yeah, it's aligned to that. So for every point, I'll just say what it's aligned to. So let's start. Now, finding yourself boils down to the attempts you make to define how you feel about yourself. Or rather than, than, rather than the opinions of people, your family or your friends or peer pressure or social media or your age expectations, your gender roles. Like... Those things have an expectation of the person that you are. But when you, but you have a definition for yourself, you know, and you, t you determine how you feel about yourself and what you think about yourself. And that is what finding yourself really is, you know, because why I say this is that from birth, right, we, we don't really choose who we want to be like we. We are given names by our family. There's no application that you fill out like, no, I want my name to be Rose. I want my name to be 
Puntland, Tabby, you know. Um, we just, because I remember I hated my name. I was like, why did you guys give me the name Linda? I hated my name for a long time because my name, I thought, I thought it was not a vernacular name. I didn't think it was an African name. I was like, why don't I have an African name like Tabby say? And my grandmother was like, nah, like, that's what your mama wanted us to call you, Linda. I was like, why? She's like, no, your mom was a fan of an, a supermodel, but you, Linda Evangelista. So they named me after a supermodel. So I was really pissed for a long time. I'm like, why? Why don't I have a vernacular name, you know? So, yeah, moving on. We are given um, families and homes by the same parents. And we have sisters or siblings. Um, and then through infancy and toddler and teenage stages... We live in the identities of our parents. Um, our parents kind of like conclude the type of person we are and they give us personality traits based on the actions that um, we do as babies, you know. You could be quiet, you could be loud, you could be a kid that's active or not active, you could be smart, kind, funny, but then it's something your parents say you are. You know, your parents look at you through your actions and say, Oh, Linda is such a sweet child. Linda is so naughty because of what you do, you know? And it's funny because we as... Okay, not we as babies, but babies usually imitate what they see, you know? So that is why I think um, our parents are the biggest influences of who we are. But sometimes I feel like they're not aware. Just, they just think by chance we are like that. It has nothing to do with them. It has nothing to do with the environment. It has nothing to do with the society. It's just how we are and most of the time it's not like that so there are other factors we aren't in control of such as the environment that we live in or the socio-economic um, statuses that we grow up in so there's a lot of influence in the environment we grow up in we pick up habits traits and even language from the environment we are in um, you know if you live in a in a township you usually take the traits of the people you see around um, in your township, if you live in an affluent area like the suburbs, you take the languages, the mannerisms, you know what I'm saying? So if there are gangsters around and you see that, you're most likely to be influenced by those things. Not all the time, but you're most likely because we mimic. We see people and we kind of want to be them. I remember there was a lady around my neighborhood who was who always had makeup on. And she always looked so pretty. And I would look at her every time when she comes back from work. And I would be like, I want to be like that lady. She has makeup on. She has a handbag. And to be quite honest, like, that's what I aspire to be. You know, I want to be that lady around the hood. Like, I, for people who know me personally, they know that I love makeup. I like just being a lady lady. So you see how I say that the people around us and things that are happening around in our environment are things that we pick up. Had I not seen that lady, I probably would have not wanted to be you know in Thomas makeup I wouldn't be someone who wanted to dress up and stuff so also language um the language that we speak you know in different townships there's different slangs there's different you know there's diff there's just different languages so my neighbor's daughter now my neighbor's daughter she's like one and she came to visit me and my grandmother the other day and she started swearing she started saying words and she said uh futsik so futsik kind of means like piss off and i think she's saying that because like the influences that are around her her mom and she lives with her mom and her grandmother 
and they usually curse around each other and it's a norm and i don't think the baby knows that um, it's 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 a vulgar word she probably thinks it means something normal you know so that's where we pick up certain influences that um, our parents kind of associate us with it's not necessarily who we are it's just the influences so and then there's a stage in our childhood probably like two for me it was kind of two but there was i was probably not aware of my existence for a long time but when i was around two or so i probably was aware okay i'm around okay i'm alive and <coughs> oh my god <coughs> why do i keep sneezing i'm alive i'm here i wasn't aware I don't remember anything from me being a baby. But from two, I was like, oh, okay, here I am. And then you start, I started noticing, okay, I have the freedom of choice. You know, I feel like once you are aware of your presence, you start seeing Uti. You have the freedom to make a choice. You have the freedom to say no to a particular food that your mom is giving you. You can say, mm-mm, and shake your head if you don't like something. You start noticing your freedom of choice as a child, you know. So I think that's when we start being um, hands-on about the identities that we want is when we start noticing that we have a choice, you know. So another factor is social influences. Um, I like to relate this mostly to when you're, in, when you're a teenager because that's when you start um, that's when you start being social more. That's when you start having more friends, you know have conversations not just playing with your friends it's more talking with your friends you know visiting each other and stuff like that so once you're a teenager right depending on where exactly you are you find that there are kids who look different than you and who are more privileged than you um yeah i started did i notice that in high school i noticed the social a social difference right it wasn't necessarily um a privilege difference it was more of a social uh, my school revolved a lot around popularity and you know stuff like that so i tried to hang out with just the kids that were not th- that popular or they were not not that popular so i always tried to avoid being in the limelight i didn't want to shine like i just wanted to be invincible most of the time and I wish I could go back and really make myself more present and make myself seen and not be shy for the things that I was really, really talented in, you know. But I also noticed that it was because of at home, um, I wasn't really being given, I wasn't given that um, assurance for my mom that, no, you're doing good, you know, because my mom was a very, she would like compare me and like, no, you know, you see what I'm saying? So when I got to high school, I couldn't be that, I couldn't be that open. I couldn't be the person that I am. So I think that's why most of the time, the things that I try to do, I take long to do them. Like this podcast, it took long for me to do to do that because I still have a bit of that imposter syndrome. I'm not good enough or my work is not as great as whoever, but then I had to really take a woosa. I had to come down and say, you know what, this is my platform and I'm going to try to do it in a way that I understand, in a way that's me, you know, that's real. That's just Linda's way of doing things and it doesn't have to be like any other other podcaster's podcast, you know. And then there's like circumstantial influences, things that happen in your life that you're not in control of, like death, you know, abuse, you know, 
things like that they really affect the person that you are you know you could be a victim of rape you could be a victim of you know physical abuse at the hands of your parents uh, without even noticing because most of us did get like ass whoopings but we would we thought it was normal you know and i noticed that i thought it was normal when i was in a relationship and i i i, I was physically assaulted by my ex-boyfriend and i didn't think it was a problem i just was like you know things like these things like this happen things like this happen i'm sorry things like this happen you know things like these so and there was a lady who said the same thing she's like she grew up thinking that being disciplined just means tough love because after my mom would hit me she would say um you know i love you right and then i noticed even in my previous relationship my ex would say in the, the next morning he'd just be like i love you i didn't mean to do that you know I, you see what i'm saying like there's a pattern in all of these things so those things affect you and affect the things that you normalize in your life and the things that you identify with and you you just think that that's how things are and it's not so also death is a big one i experienced death at a really young age where i lost my mom at 14 and it really changed the person that i was you know i i just felt like i lost my identity because second of all i i was now linda without a mom you know there was a lot that i lost so I lived with my dad only, so I had no influence of a female around me, you know. So I didn't know who I was because I was grieving. And then I started leaning into friends who had traumas as well. I, most of my friends, if one of them didn't lose their mom, one of them um, had an issue with their dad, that was the type of friends I had. And we all had that trauma from home. So I started identifying with them. I started feeling like, okay, this is home. And I would pick up the habits that they did, you know, like such as drinking. I started clubbing and drinking at a very young age, you know, because I was around these influences. And then I picked up those identities because I thought, oh, since I also went through this traumatic experience, it means that this is my root. You know, this is who I am. This is what people with trauma do, you know. And it's not necessarily like that. It's just you haven't really dealt with the things that happen around you and you're just really trying to find a way to release all those painful memories all those painful you know painful things that happen to you you know so a lot gets altered about yourself when you experience a death of a loved one i don't even want to lie so sometimes all these influences that i mentioned circumstantial social and you know and and those um influences they kind of um give you a bit of your identity they don't completely make who you are but they influence the way that you turn out you know because you have a choice to pick up those identities but you are unaware you know hence the process of finding yourself is you being away and you going through different influences in your life and not getting altered you know not bending to those influences, not bending to those circumstances, you know. So finding yourself is literally taking a pause, right? And looking at everything you went through, looking at looking at all the things you went through, all the stages of your life, and removing all the bad things you picked up along the way, you know, and finding exactly who you are and understanding that those things 
those little curves you went through you didn't have to pick up those traits you picked up you know you didn't have to pick up those habits you picked up you notice that you only picked those things up because you were kind of in trauma you know what i'm saying so i went through a period where i i started confronting everything i went through and it's very funny it happened to me last year where i was picking up I was um, noticing all the things that I picked up throughout my life, you know, and it took me long enough because imagine waiting a whole 25 years to kind of wake up from everything, you know. So I felt like most of the time I was sleepwalking through my life. I was not really present. I was kind of just going with whatever was going, you know, going with wherever friends are going, wherever the socials are directing me to go. I wasn't myself, you know, I wasn't myself. So it takes a lot it takes a lot but through that journey um i found something that's deeper than all the physical attributes and all the influences and all the identities that i picked up in along my journey i found that i have a being inside of me that's really untouchable like i have my i have my soul i felt like for the longest time i didn't have a soul so i started to see that i actually exist beyond my physical and I started to lose my fear of death because I understood that if I do die, there's still a being inside of me. But it's a hard thing to explain to people, you know. So it also gave me peace of mind when I think about my mom. I know that she exists beyond the physical that she was. Her being here was her journey of life, you know. And we are grateful that in her journey of life, we were produced. I was produced, me and my little brother. When I say we, I'm saying me and my little brother. So I also tried to have a talk with my little brother and tell him that that was mom's journey of life. Unfortunately, it ended where it ended, but she is still alive. She's still alive, not in life, but in her being, in her being, because that's what I found within myself. I found a part of myself that no one else can touch. You know, and that is what I describe as being in your full consciousness. You're not just alive because you're alive, but you are fully alive. You understand the whole you. You understand the higher version of yourself. You and you are in your full consciousness. And when you are in your full consciousness, you don't just live life blindly. You live life with an intuition. You understand. You start viewing and valuing yourself beyond the physical things of the world, beyond money, opinions, beyond lifestyle, beyond relationships, substance abuse. You, you know, you start viewing yourself differently. You don't need any substance enhancers. You don't need um, you don't need anything, you know, you, nothing can shake you because you understand that you are whole. And when, like when you're at that place, I swear to God, n like nothing can break me. No circumstantial, no, no influences that come, um, that come in my way, shake the person that I am because I understand that holistically I'm a person outside of all these things that are temporary. And I think sometimes people kind of lose themselves, um, through all these circumstantial things and, and money and whatever, because they start living for those things. They start thinking that those things are forever. And they're not. Like, they're literally temporary. Everything we're going through in life is so temporary. But your wholeness, the person that you are, your soul is always going to be there. So hence, I'm saying you have to live in your full consciousness. You have to sit in silence and hear yourself and touch 
yourself and be in a space where you understand that you are beyond this physical world, you know. But it's a hard place to touch. But I, 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 I think when you pause, you will find that self. Because if you can't find existence outside um, the, the, the lifestyles and all these things, you really need to pause and find yourself. Like stand in the mirror and look at yourself naked and think about how you came into this world naked and understand the purpose of that. You understand? Understand the purpose of your life, you know. So... If you don't know yourself, you literally would never find a purpose for yourself. You know, you would just think you're just here to experience all those things. No, there's much more that you're brought into this world, not just to experience money, not just to experience lifestyle. No, you're here to change lives. You're here to teach. You're here to learn, you know, here to grow. So, um, yeah, that's basically the first part of finding yourself and um, living in your full consciousness. And then secondly... We're going to the protect your peace point now. So I feel like once you've found your true self, um, once you feel like you have a purpose and you, you, uh, for me, purpose really is not something that's just like you, you have achieved it and it ends there. It's a journey. You live your purpose. You don't really, um, I don't think you should define your purpose. I think you just live it. You show it through the things that you do, through the lives that you touch, you know. So you start to value your life, you start to understand the impact of why you are here. So you start knowing that no one can put a price on you because you're a child of the universe. You are God's favorite. I like to say that all the time. I'm like, I'm God's favorite. So my biggest value in my life is my spirituality, my intuition, my and my consciousness, because those things nobody can touch, nobody can attack me. You know, nobody can attack that. You know, so I do I I practice a lot of my spirituality through praying every time. And I, when I pray, I feel like I get answers. I get guidance from God because uh, my soul can communicate things that uh, probably my physical cannot. You know, it can sense things. They can give me, I feel like your intuition give you senses. And I think it's beautiful that God gave us seven senses, you know, to smell, to see. Like God kind of moves with you and shows you through your senses. But you have to listen. Sometimes God answers our prayers, but we're not listening. You understand? So I feel like God is there to guide. And I'm I'm trusting his guidance. And that is what faith is. It's trusting the guidance that God gives you. You know, and that brings me peace. And, you know, peace is like the cornerstone which withstands the many changes of life. So when I have that peace, no matter what curveball, no matter what I go through, I know that I will be okay. I trust the process. I trust that I am here for something bigger. I'm here for something better. I'm here to grow in whatever I go through. You know what I'm saying? Because there are many changes in life. There are many challenges that are part of this life. And it's not meant to be hard. It's meant to be possible. You know, once you start um, seeing that it's like that, it's not hard. It's just possible. You know, it's just you have to have faith. You know, when you don't have faith, unfortunately, everything looks bad. That's why you become a pessimistic. You start seeing things in a bad light because you, you start seeing those circumstances or things that you're going through in life. Um, you see them greater than you. You see them like, I, I could never adhere to that. I could never um, go through that and come out fine. No. So once you have peace, once you have God in your life, you start to be positive because you, you trust something that no one can take away from you. No one can take that away. Who can take away that from you? Who can come into your life and physically grab that? No one. 
You understand? So it's always understanding Ruti. It's not always going to be nice. It's not always going to be great. But it's going to be just possible. It's going to be possible. You know? So when you have found your peace, you don't allow anything to come between you and your peace. You have less tolerance for things that aren't worthy of the person that you are. You know? Things that want to come and rock your world. You will never allow them to come and rock your world. Because you understand how much you have sought that peace. And how much that peace means to you. So... People who want to come and shake your peace, usually I call them calm shakers. Um, they could come in a lot of forms. They could come in, in friends. They could come as families. They could come as gossipers or keepers. Um, keepers are basically people that I call or I define as um, they don't really hate you. They don't love you. They just want to keep track of your life and keep tabs of your life. They don't comment on anything you're doing. They don't congratulate you. They're just there to just see how far you are, you know. So... Um, the, 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 the keepers and the gossipers and the shakers, usually what they do is they want to alter your identity through gossiping and judging you, you know, acting like they're God. And they're going to take all the misshapes of your life and everything you went through and try to attack you with those things such as i don't know uh, i'm hoping that most of you guys watch the real housewives of durban there was a lady the private chef i forgot her name she was so vile to ulondi londi is going through a divorce with her husband and for whatever choices londi was in her marriage that lady is not god to come and tell her what she has lost and and to talk about her her relationship. And she's moving with Londi. She's keeping tabs of Londi. She's a keeper of Londi's life. She knows everything about Londi. That even Londi, I'm sure she doesn't even know. So I've been in a situation where there was a person like that who kept tabs of my life. And anytime I would start feeling good or when I would feel like I'm going, uh, I'm, I'm just forgetting about, you know, the things that I would go through. She'd bring them up. And those people are vile. Those people are trying to mess with your energy. They're trying to mess with your peace, you know. So they constantly have to remind you of, oh, these are all the bad things that you've done. But they are not God. Why are they judging you? They are not perfect, you know. And what's worse is that they know that when you will never stoop to their level. So they like to pick on people whom they know, Guti. They won't stoop to their level. But once you have found your peace, those people don't let them alter your identity. You know who you are. You know who you are. You know what you stand for. You know that you've probably wronged. You probably did things that you are not proud of. But you have repented to the Lord. And you have told the Lord that, you know what, I've went through this and I went through that. And only God, God doesn't even judge. He just forgives you. And that's why he gives you a second chance. He gives you, um, you can't, people constantly start over. You know, people constantly start over and they recognize the mistakes. And it's part of growing. It's beautiful to recognize your mistakes. It's beautiful to end things that are no longer serving your purpose, you know. So be careful of people like people like that, you know, because God knows you. Jeremiah verse um, Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations, you know. So God knows who you are. God knows who you are. So always protect your calm. Never allow any hurricanes in your space. A lot of people, a lot of situations are going to come and try and cause havoc in your life. So you protect yourself. You protect yourself from the hate. You protect yourself from toxic energy. You protect yourself from abusers. You protect your peace. You protect things that want to alter the person that you are. You make sure that you protect that. 
So when you have your peace, it's the most valuable thing that you have because you don't tolerate anything. People who are there to shake, who are there to just bring negativity in your life, you don't allow it. You cut them off. You understand the importance of cutting them off because your peace means more to you than some you don't even know where that person comes from, but you know that you know yourself and that's enough. So moving on to the last point, taking responsibility for your life. So in all essence of finding yourself and protecting your peace, now that you are on a new slate, now that you understand yourself and your purpose, you have to make the right choices. Taking responsibility for your life is aligned to making the right choices. Not just the right choices, but choices that you know, even if you did choose that, you have to take responsibility for that choice that you make, you understand. So you, how I see it is like, you're going to get into, your life is like a journey, right? And you just have to sit in, you have to get in the driver's seat and take responsibility for wherever you're going. You know what I'm saying? Trust whatever is going from there, where, where that car is going from there, you trust it, you know? So you have to remove circumstantial blame, all the things that you feel like if your circumstances weren't like that, if your social influences weren't like that, if your upbringing, your childhood wasn't like that, you have to understand that those things happened and it's fine, but they don't define the person that you are. You understand? So you have to remove circumstantial blame. You have to remove circumstantial blame. Um, I was reading a book by Ben Renshaw and he said that you might share away from taking responsibility for your life. I'm quoting um, because you feel afraid of being held accountable. There's another way of looking at the world, at the word um, responsibility. Um, he says like you kind of break it down as in responsibility. Um, and he says that the ability to choose your response is basically what responsibility means. Uh, when you're experiencing self-conflict, taking responsibility means you choose a response um, in order to make peace with yourself. It is often tempting to have a victim mentality. Um, you're either tempted to blame yourself for circumstances or people for your conflict. But he, he also further elaborates that you can experience or be a victim of abuse circumstances, you know, and at the end of the day, né, you also have a choice about how you respond to that abuse. Do not let it consume you. You can choose to make peace with what has happened to you and this is what I always say. Okay, let me close what Ben Renshaw said. What I'm basically saying, how I always say is, is that you have to disassociate yourself with what people did to you, with what happened to you. It does not define who you are. It does not define who you are. We go through things that we didn't choose. Um, we didn't want for ourselves, you know. But we have the responsibility now. We have a responsibility now to respond better, you know, to do better. We are able to respond better. So you disassociate yourself. You understand your worth. You understand your peace. You understand your purpose. And you live according to that, you know. So take responsibility for where you are. And everything that happened in your life is like luggage in your car, you know. So you have to literally stop your car wherever you are and open the boot and take out all the things that happened to you, all the, just your past. And yeah, it's, it's sitting like luggage in your, in your boot and make space for better things, you know. So because you cannot receive better things if you're still holding on to the negative things that you went through in your life, you know. So you have to remove everything in your boot. And just throw it out and walk with a space. And just drive that car with space 
for better things in your life, you know? So every morning when you wake up, no matter how tough it is, you should always, always choose to be grand. Make a decision. Make a conscious decision that I want to be grand. I want to take responsibility for my life. I want to protect my peace. And I want to always be myself no matter what I go through. That is basically what choosing to be grand is. So I hope that this has helped you and this will help you in your journey through life. And a disclaimer, these are all my experiences. It's not right. It's not wrong. You may relate to it or not. And that is okay. Um, please do follow me on my socials on Twitter. Um, it's at Linda Honey under double underscore. Um, yeah. And stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out.